Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio, and I am excited today because in just a little while, we are going to interview my buddy, John Rulin who is a number one ranked salesperson, but more importantly, we're going to talk about his new book, Giftology. And I'm going to tell you right now, there are ideas on how to properly give gifts to get more business, retain customers, show appreciation to the people that you work with, as well as the people that you uh, hang out with at home, the people that you love. And I'm going to make you go to the very end of the episode because he has an amazing offer that I'm going to tell you, uh, well, I'll give you a hint. If you buy the book and you read the book and you send him an email and he gives you the email at the end of our episode, uh, he will give you a full refund on the book, whether you like it or not. He just wants you to have the book, read the book, and enjoy the book. That's his goal. So keep that in mind. Hey, I thought what would be fun today is to talk to you about something that I think is really cool, and that is the Internet of Things, how it is making customer service and the customer experience so much better. I've written about this before. I've talked about it before. But before we get into the interview, I want to share with you what I think is a really cool concept, and that is the dash button that Amazon has created. Now, this is probably going to sound like a plug for Amazon, and it is because they've created a very convenient customer-focused feature, and that's this. First of all, uh, if you're a member of Amazon Prime, and I think if you're not a member of Amazon Prime and you're buying things for anywhere, you should definitely think about being a member of Amazon Prime. And this is their, their membership program, which some people call a loyalty program because it makes you want to be loyal to Amazon because you do pay a little bit of money, but what you get in return is huge. But but let's talk about the Dash program because this is where it ties in. You're a member of Amazon Prime. You buy a Dash button. And what the button is, it's literally a button that you push. And it's very specific to items that you might use and consume and run out of. For example, uh, you know, uh, washing machine detergent to wash your clothes, detergent. So you have your favorite detergent. could be any detergent. Let's say it's Tide. And you have a button that they send you. You pay just a few dollars for it. And it you adhere it to your washing machine. And when you are getting low on detergent, you just push the button. It will automatically send you an email and asking you, to confirm that you want them to send you a new box of detergent. And, of course, you answer yes to that. Boom, it's sent. It's so easy. It's so hassle-free. And I think that's one of the things that's really important to the customer experience today is that things, uh, call it the Internet of Things, are making uh, life a little bit easier. And this little item, the, the button, the dash, where you push the button and you get your detergent delivered to you. You don't have to go to the store. You, you, it's the same detergent that you've always gotten. You get it at Amazon pricing. If you're a member of the Prime program, it's delivered at no charge. I mean, what could be more convenient than that? 
business is becoming more and more about convenience, how easy you are to do business with, how convenient you are to do business with, how reasonable you are to do business with. And if you put all that together, even though Amazon is really focused on you know being a really good, low-priced, competitively priced value leader, uh, when you do it right, price becomes less sensitive, less, uh, less important if you are doing all of the things around your value proposition right. All right, so that's my little pitch today about making business uh, making business doing business with you convenient what i want to get into in just a moment when we get back from the break is i want to talk to you about gifting and we've got the most incredible guy john rulin to share his insights with us so we'll be right back this is amazing business radio don't go away Chef Hygen here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.chefondemand.com. Once again, that's chefondemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back, and as promised, we are going to be talking with John Rulin, who is the number one in the world in all the history of Cutco Knives salesperson. I got to tell you about Cutco real quickly. Cutco is an amazing direct sales organization. I think anybody that wants to get a, uh, uh, you know, almost an education, what I would call almost a diploma in sales, should go to an organization like this to learn how to sell. My son did it. I did something similar when I was young. But John has taken the whole concept of selling to a whole nother level. And as a result of his expertise in selling, he came up with this gifting idea that, why not give knives away as a gift? But it's turned into something bigger than that because it's not just knives. It's everything. John has so much to share with us today about the concept of giftology. And that, by the way, is the name of his new book, Giftology, The Art and Science of Using Gifts to Cut Through the Noise, Drive Referrals, and Strengthen Retention. If you are in business, if you've ever given a gift to either a customer or even an employee, this is a book that you have to get. We're going to be talking with John about it. John Rulin, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Jeff, I'm so excited to uh, to be back and to be hanging out with you. Well, we've done this before, uh, but you didn't have a book when we did this probably well over a year ago. But now, look at you. Like, you're going to be a best-selling author. This is a big deal. And, and I love the I book. Know- well, it's uh, it, it's it's crazy how fast things have come together. I, I uh, was fortunate to to uh, to leverage some uh, some resources and some experts to help me kind of piece the book together. I've been thinking about it for you know for five years, and a lot has happened in the last twelve months. Well, so I want to get into some specific gift-giving strategies and tips and ideas because uh, it, once you realize you don't have to spend a lot of money or you can spend a lot of money, but there's some techniques and ideas behind what it is that you do that are really, really important. But I want to talk about, for a quick moment, your background. Um, whenever I'm talking about my friend John Rulin, I always say he's the number one Cutco knife salesman in the world. And this is the reaction that almost everybody gives me. Cutco knives? I love Cutco knives. They're like the most, <laughs> they're the sharpest or the best knives we have. 
I mean, they aren't inexpensive. And I remember when my son came home one day and he said, Dad, I got a job. I don't know if you're going to like it. I go, why wouldn't I like it? He says, because it's based 100% on commission. I go, I'm already liking it. Tell me more about it. <laughs> I mean, you got to eat what you kill, right? That's the only way you're going to yep. eat is if you, you go out and make a sale. And he started telling me, I go, Brian, you know, you you may be surprised with what I'm about to tell you, but this may be the best job that not only you've ever had, but maybe one of the best jobs you'll ever have to learn and grow as a person. You'll learn how to talk to people, uh, and, and it's exciting. And so typically uh, when I think of a Cutco knife salesman, I think of a young man or, or a woman uh, stopping by my office or my home, knocking on a door, making an appointment with me to come in and show me uh, these incredible knives, and then they aren't inexpensive. Like a set of steak knives is is how much? <laughs> Well, it depends on what you define as a set for eight or twelve. But I mean, you're going to spend a hundred and fifty to six hundred dollars, depending upon what. Exactly. Uh, how... We're not talking about Walmart here. <laughs> no. 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 They're hand, they're handmade in New York. I mean, they're like the Rolex of of cutlery. So yeah, they're uh, they're they're not a cheap date. But relative to you know, a lot of people will go and spend fifty dollars on a steak and eat it with a fifty cent steak knife, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense and. You know, they consume the steak and it's gone, you know, the next day. So, you know, it's all, you know, I'm, I'm obviously biased because I've, uh, I've drank the Kool-Aid for 15 years. But I do think that the training that they provide, they've worked with a million and a half college kids here in the last 30, 40 years. I think I would, uh, I love my college. I'm, I'm uh, my business partner's on the board of trustees. But if I had to, to pick my experience of one summer selling knives or a four-year college education, I know it might be blasphemy in some circles, but the what I learned selling Cutco, uh, hands down, running a business, building relationships, handling objections, you know, learning persistence and building your character. There's there's nothing like learning how to uh, to sell face to face. In my opinion, uh, if you want to be an entrepreneur or a business leader in any any way, shape, or form, everything comes down to selling yourself. Even if you want to get married, you better you better be a good salesperson here. To your future spouse because everything in life is sales. All right, and we won't talk about how you uh, plan to get engaged to your spouse uh, first time <laughs> you attempted to ask her. I'll just leave it at that. So um, it's in the book. It's if you want the, to read it? Oh, okay. It's in the book. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it actually, my wife, my wife signed off on it. So the FBI and the almost dying in the airport in disguise and all that. That's uh, the full. She finally said, "You know what, John? The lesson you learned from that of." of making the gift about yourself versus making the gift about me is a really good lesson I think people could learn from. And so she, uh, I started to share it in my speeches now. And uh, when I spoke at Google, I got to share it. And and it's, it's uh, only because she signed off uh, in the last year and a half saying uh, you learned your lesson and you probably ought to teach a few other people that same lesson. So two things here. Number one, uh, the story is intriguing and I'll urge you that in itself is it's not only entertaining, but it's educational as well. It's worth getting the book for. But number two, I love how you just dropped in. Oh yeah. When I spoke at Google, Okay, that's one of the biggest companies in the world right now. Yeah, I just happen to speak about giftology at Google. Yeah. And what have you done lately, Shep? Um, (laughs) Well, I'm following in your footsteps. You've been a great mentor and and advocate for us, so I – I, um, I, yeah, it was, it was kind of a bucket list item to go on the campus and be able to speak there and, and, uh, pretty, you know, I, for a farm boy from Ohio, it was a little intimidating, but it went really well. Yeah. A farm boy from Ohio. 
who's the number one Cutco knife salesman in the world. So let's get into the whole concept of gifting. The reason and the method behind becoming number one was that you recognize that you can go to somebody and rather than buy a set for themselves, perhaps they could buy knives to give away to others. Uh, I kind of feel after reading the book, and that's that's like how it started to happen. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, I had a mentor early on that showed me what you know the power of radical generosity. What I, I kind of put that term around it. He didn't call it that. It was just radical generosity. Life. Love it. Yeah, he was just was he would look for you know most people ask themselves what's the least I can do and get away with if they're going to a, somebody's wedding. They're like, do I have, is this a hundred dollar relationship or do I need to spend two hundred on the gift? Um, he would just spend 500 just because he's like, I can afford it. And I think the couple really needs X, Y, or Z. Like he, in every element of his life, he always took it five notches beyond what the normal person would. And because of that, when I pitched him the idea of giving away knives, he's like, well, I, I don't want, you know, five knives. Can I buy, he literally bought a hundred gifts the first time. And it was, it wasn't about the knife. He understood it was about the meaning behind the knife and taking care of the, the family and the inner circle and, a lot of the things I, I teach now, I observed 15 years ago and learned that first summer. Uh, it took me a while to kind of recognize some of them. I, I, uh, I struggled at first getting business orders because everybody thought I was crazy recommending knives as gifts. But over time, I realized it really wasn't about the knife. The knife just was the delivery vehicle for that a gratitude and appreciation to those key relationships. So, I mean, and what happened is you stopped going to just individuals, though. I mean, I look at your client list, and you've got, you know, UBS, Raymond James, Wells Fargo, the Chicago Bears, the San Antonio Spurs, MGM, Shell, Chevron, Orlando Magic, Memphis Grizzlies, a lot of sports teams here, Miami Dolphins, Caesars Entertainment, uh, you know, and, and then, you know, you've got my name mentioned in your client list, which I think is pretty funny. But, uh, you know, some amazing, some amazing companies – uh, and I know you go there, and, you, and and it's not just that they're buying a, a, a knife. This is really important. No. You found the best way to sell these knives is to put a logo on the knife. And and by the way, when we come back in a little while, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to ask with you uh, to, for you to share some very specific tips. But this is the first big tip. You put a logo on the knife, or you engrave onto the knife something, but it's not yeah. your logo. It's as you just mentioned about, you know, the lesson you learn uh, with your wife and, and getting engaged. The gift isn't about you. It is 100 percent about them. So let's talk about that premise first, because I think that first and foremost is what sets you ahead of everybody else trying to give a gift away. Yeah, well, if you I mean, the, the well, most people would define as a gift. It's a multi-billion dollar industry, promotional products, marketing tools, whatever else. And we're probably the only one. We're like we're on the other side of the sandbox, saying, "Don't engrave your logo on it." Like if you if you want the other person to view it as a gift, like you'd never show up to a wedding and engrave compliments of Chef Hyken on the Tiffany's vase you're giving to the couple because that would be tacky and <laughs> Cindy, your wife would be like, "That we're never doing that." But in business, we do that all the time. And what happens is the other person gets it and says, "I'm not wearing this or using this. Like it has your logo on it, not mine." And that that's going to make me look cheap and tacky. And you actually spend money to try to make me into a marketing tool for you. That doesn't feel very good. Like that's not that's not the customer experience that you're looking for, at least especially at the higher level. But even if you work for the company, you know maybe you'll wear it on a Saturday to wash the car or whatever else. But in general, a gift by its very nature 
should be recipient focused. So their name, their logo, not anything about you. And what's interesting is the psychology of it is they will feel more special. And we all know people make decisions based upon how they feel. They're more likely to use it. And if it's personalized to them and it's world class, I've seen people literally pass down my gifts to other family members and to their kids or grandkids because it became an artifact or a family heirloom because I made it all about them. And because of that, it became a part of the fabric of their daily practical lives. So whether it's knives or custom leather bags, making the gift all about the recipient, whether it's a dollar gift or whether it's a thousand dollar gift, uh, it's amazing the power of that one little mental shift. And most people, most marketing books would tell you, you know, you have to put your brand on it. Um, people, if you give a nice enough gift, you know, like you never forgot the knives they gave you, and it was like eight years ago. Right, and um, and the knife is engraved, and and the, and uh, on the blade, I believe it says, you know, uh, a speci- specially made for the uh, hiking home or the hiking kitchen. Um, it, yeah, yeah, and nowhere does it say, you know, ruling. You know whatever the name of your company is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no ruling group. No, no John ruling. No, no ruling group. No ruling. John ruling. And every time my wife slices her finger, she says, "Damn John ruling." No, <laughs> it's a sharp knife. Those Cutco knives. But seriously, she doesn't say that. But every time we look at the knife and we re- we look at that logo that says "hiking" on it, not your name or the engraving, we say, "Wow, that was from John." And I think that's a really, really important concept to start off with. So what we're going to do is take a really short break. and we come back, we're going to talk about more of these types of tips. As a matter of fact, we're going to give our audience a plethora of information, tips about gifting the right way, whether it's expensive like a knife or more expensive or something as inexpensive that might be just a few dollars. It's all about the recipient, and you can do it in such a way that they'll always remember you. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Chef Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio talking with my good buddy, John Rulin, about giftology. We'll be right back. Doesn't everyone love Disney? I know I do. And I also love a great book. And Lessons from the Mouse by Dennis Snow is an excellent book. Dennis shares 10 practical principles from Disney and entertains as he educates. So check out Dennis Snow's book on Amazon.com. Once again, it's titled Lessons from the Mouse, a guide for applying Disney World's secrets of success to your organization, your career, and your life. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. We're talking about gifting and specifically about my buddy John Rulin's book, Giftology, the art and science of using gifts to cut through the noise, drive referrals, and strengthen retention. You can get that book on Amazon.com. And uh, he's got an amazing gifting offer for you in just a moment. But I want to start this little segment with a little story of a friend of mine, Brian Lord, who's one of the agents that books me to speak all over the world, uh, works with Premier, one of the top speakers bureaus in the world. And Brian told me about a gift that he gave one of his clients. He found out that his client uh, was a baseball fan and specifically liked a baseball player, a very specific baseball player. Probably many of you don't even know who it is. It's not, I mean, famous to some, but not so famous to others. So he went on eBay, and believe it or not, he was able to buy an autographed baseball for about $15. 
Now, that, in my mind, is an inexpensive gift. As a matter of fact, there are companies that say we cannot accept gifts if they're above $25. And you think, gosh, what can I get somebody that costs less than $25 that would make impact? Well, how about something that's thoughtful and personal that you know that your your recipient is going to love? He sent this baseball in a little plastic display case to his client, and it doesn't have his logo on it. Uh, it, it doesn't have Brian's logo on it from Premier. It doesn't have any logo. It's just a gift of appreciation. That client has it sitting on a shelf in the office. It is not collecting dust. It's being admired. And, and you know what? The client always remembered where he got that gift. I think that's so powerful. So, John, we lead off with that story. I want you to share with us some more ideas on on really you know a great way to give gifts. Well, the personalization is a big thing. I think, you know, putting the name on it. But I think the other thing that, that, you know, Paul understood and that I, you know, I understand when I send you a gift, you you know, you're getting catered to a lot. And a lot of people in business, they stay at nice hotels, they go to, you know, fly first class, they go to nice restaurants. It's hard to get the executive to be really registered. And you have to be really creative. And especially if you want to scale gifting and do it for 50, 100, 500, 1,000, 10,000 people, how do you do that in a way that's going to be personal and meaningful? And one of the most, uh, one of the easiest ways is most people in business, they have a significant other and they have an assistant and they have kids. I call it the inner circle. And I think that a dollar spent on the inner circle is worth a hundred dollars spent on the executive. And the reason is, is most executives are busy, they're traveling, they feel guilty about being away from family or they don't get as much time as they want. And so I think that anytime you can send a gift, and include that inner circle or have the gift be specifically for the inner circle, you kind of get like, it's like killing three birds with one stone. Like you look good, the executive, your client or employee looks good. And the other person feels acknowledged and treated like a, you know, like, like they're included in the, um, the gifting process. They're included in the relationship. Cause a lot of times, you know, golf, you know, the guy, you know, maybe takes another guy out golfing or for cigars, you know, all these industries, um, especially where they're male dominated, the significant other and the assistant gets the worst end of the deal of being in business. They're, they're not included. The other person has to hold down the fort. Um, and so a lot of our gifts are family centric and they're including the other person. And in and, and doing so, I get advocates. Like I just interviewed with somebody the other day who's one of the top financial advisor coaches in the world. And the reason we landed him as a client and he invited us in to speak to his 200 top advisors in San Francisco was, I sent a gift and put made sure it had his wife's name on it. And she was like, are you doing business with this guy? And he's like, no, she's like, well, you should be like, he obviously <laughs> understands details. She sold the deal for me. Sneaky, I, I, sneaky. I two different, oh, it's great. I, and I don't do that in a manipulative way, but I do understand that when somebody does something nice for my wife, which people do, they'll take my playbook and use it with me. Guess what? I look cool. Like my wife is happy. We're way, way more likely to go out to dinner or vacation or, or do business with that person because anytime somebody can acknowledge my wife and, and make her feel as an equal in the business, it makes me look good. makes me feel good. Um, it acknowledges her. Everybody wins when you appreciate that inner circle. And you have to do it in, a, in an authentic way and not a manipulative way. But it's amazing how that inner circle, how powerful that is to uh, to a business. So that's a great lesson right there. So think about who else is associated with the person you're gifting to, and maybe they should get a little something as well, uh, which I think is beautiful. So, um, you, you know, you uh, 
don't always have to put a logo on it to make it feel appreciated. I know you like to put logos on things. And when I say logo, I'm talking about the other person's logo, some type of engraving or an imprint. Uh, any thoughts yeah. on that? Well, I think that um, one of my clients uh, has pushed back on me about putting the logo of the of even the other company because sometimes maybe the spouse is kind of a little bit jealous of the business. And so I think at a bare minimum, I mean, if you look at most people – you know, they uh, they love their name. I mean, there's all kinds of studies and stats that say the sound of somebody's name is the most important, you know, that's the, the most beautiful sound. So I think that, you know, people monogram their cuffs and have personal license plates and give, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to hospitals to get their name on the side of a building. I do think that personalizing it with the person's name and their spouse's name, or at least their family name, like that's their legacy, is their name. So I, I don't think it always has to be a logo, but I do think if at all possible, when you personalize it with somebody's name, in their mind they think, this was made just for me. This was given just for me. This was created or crafted with me. It wasn't an afterthought of I ordered a thousand of the same thing and just sent them out blindly. It was they had to take extra time, energy, effort, resources to personalize it. And it's not, you know, sometimes it's a bit of a hassle, but that extra hassle shows the other person that it would the experience, the gift, the item – was crafted for them, and I think it makes all the difference from it taking it being just an item that you can order on Amazon to this is something that shows, signifies the value of the relationship, and you took time out of your day to send something just to me. That's powerful. Like It just communicates something really powerful in the relationship. Right. Now, what about um, I, I did a speech for a client, and I know that the client called my office and said, what is his favorite thing to do in the world? What is his hobby? What is his you know, whatever, and they found out that I like to do magic, and they actually went out and found an antique magic book. Now, they didn't know whether I had it or not, but that was the gift. They gave a gift to every speaker, and the gift were, yeah. was of a highly personalized nature. Now, that didn't have my name in it, um, and I know, I, I know I'm not arguing with you on this point. I 100% agree that the name is powerful. The other company's yeah. logo shows you care, but something as personal as a gift that they know that is – they're not giving that gift to anybody else. That makes a pretty big statement as well. No question. I, I think um, I tell people all the time, it, it, ideally you have kind of two buckets that you pull from. You have your, your kind of go-to playbook bucket of different things you're going to do for – when you have to buy a gift for 500 people, you might not be able to find 500 individual books that are customized. And maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I think that the one-off opportunities um, – you know, like that, where you find out somebody's kids getting into Harvard. Well, not all of your clients or kids are getting into Harvard at the same time, but for that client or that employee, that's a really big deal. And it's a milestone. And, you know, sending like, you know, a, a piece of, uh, you know, a hat or a, a sweatshirt or something with Harvard, congrats, you know, that your son got into Harvard, blah, 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 like that shows attention to detail. And it doesn't involve putting somebody's name on it, but it was personal to them. I think there's two different buckets when you're doing gifting that you can pull from. And there's the one that says, Hey, if I'm going to send it out to you know 100 people, they all have spouses. I'm going to personalize it with their name to make sure that that's special for that individual family. And then there's the bucket where you just you know you find out somebody loves magic or baseball or you know gymnastics or whatever, and and you personalize a one-off gift um, to that person's interest. The challenge I see with that in particular is sometimes people like know somebody's into bourbon, and so everybody sends them bourbon all the time. And so sometimes if you find somebody's interest, right. unless you go a little bit out of the realm, it can become part of the noise as well. Like, hey, 
Jim's always is into wine, so everybody sends him wine. Well, if he's gotten a hundred bottles of wine that year, he's appreciative and it's personal to him. But it doesn't, you know, maybe doing something for his assistant or wife would would stand out more because nobody does that for him. Very so smart. I think yep. you can play. It, I think you can play it both ways. Yep. So let's talk about food. You're averse to food. However, uh, and and by the way, I I agree with you. Except if you do send me chocolate, I I do love chocolate and yes it's consumable it will be gone in a day i might forget you gave it to me a month later because i can't pull it out of my kitchen uh drawer like i can my knife with you know uh that you gave me but uh talk to me about the food tell us about the food because you have some really good points about this yeah so here's the thing gifting is done so wrong so often that the bar is really low for gifts most people it's a nice two once a year check a box no strategy no thought no ROI, and they view it as a token, which I think is a swear word. Now, nobody wants a token relationship. I don't know why the word token ever got brought up. Like, to me, it's an artifact. You know, like kings would give other kings a thousand head of cattle based upon the value of the relationship. They've never called a token. <laughs> so I, I, I get, I get I, that's my soapbox for the, uh, for the day. But related to food, if you're going to look at, you know, every business has a finite amount of resources. To invest, and when you invest money, whether you're a publicly traded company or an entrepreneur, you want to get a return. And so you're, you know, everybody measures advertisement and top of mind awareness based upon like a cost per impression. So you can advertise online or a billboard, and that's what they measure. How many impressions are you getting from something? Well, food, just by its very nature, is it's you know it's consumable. It's gone. Like and and everybody loves to eat, so it is a universal gift. But let's just say it's their favorite bottle of wine. They drink it. And oftentimes it's forgotten about unless somebody reminds them, like, it's not, you know, like we're very visual as human beings. And when there's nothing in front of us reminding us that we received it, your cost per impression is radically high. Like you only spent $40 on the box of cookies, but if you gave something that cost $400, but that lasted for 10 years and they thought of you every single day, your cost per impression is really low on the $400 item, even though it's very expensive on the front end. So I think that measuring things and having an apples to apples comparison of, of saying, are you, do you want to be top of mind with this person for referrals or for retention or whatever else? Or is this just, you know, a nice to like check a box? If it is, then the cookies or the bottle of wine is just fine. Now, the other challenge that yeah, you have, you have with to food, be careful. Yeah. With food, you're going to tell me the other challenge and I know where you're going with this. Yeah. So, you know, especially in 2016, probably in, in the year 1900, this wouldn't be as much of an issue. Like, everything was kind of basic. Like, But now there's, like, food allergies. Right. Like people have gluten allergies and dairy allergies. And somebody's on a no-sugar diet, and this person's on a no-meat diet, and this person's on a – and it, it rotates and changes. And, and so food is a – you know, I, I had actually one of my editors, she's like, John, I love that you share the story because I'm a vegan, and some one of my suppliers sent me a ham. And what the heck am I going to do with a ham? Like, um, they I'll tell you what you do. Put it in the freezer and then hit hit your spouse over the head with it, melt it, <laughs> and serve the cops the ham for dinner. Isn't that a uh, Alfred Hitchcock film? <laughs> I think that is. I think that is, yeah. So, I mean, there, there you go. It's a perfect crime. So if you want to commit the perfect crime, it's the perfect gift. But in general, food... You know, you, you could send, unknowingly, you could send a bottle of wine to somebody that's an alcoholic. You could send a bottle of wine that's really expensive, and you send a, a cab, and they love Pinot Noirs. Or you could send them bourbon, and they drink scotch. Or 
there's just so many things that can go wrong with food. Um, it's an easy thing. It's it's and that's why a lot of people order a Harry and David basket. Like, oh, we'll just send that out. It's easy. But because everybody sends it, it's become vanilla and part of the noise. You can offend people with it. And just from an ROI perspective, your return on investment is not very high with something that's gone and forgotten about. So in our opinion, can you do food for sure? But if you're really looking for a strong ROI, you know, the first couple gifts that you should be sending and focusing on need to be non-consumable if at all possible. Or if you're going to do consumable, like we'll do a, a nice bottle of wine if we know the person's in the wine, but we'll, we'll send it with a handmade wine opener from Australia. So after the wine's gone, the $400 wine opener that from Code 38 was a great company out of Australia. That now, now they have an artifact that every time they use it, they remember their favorite bottle of wine that you sent them. And right. now they have something yep. to use and talk about with their friends and family, every family gathering that centers around food in the kitchen. So there's ways that you can blend food into the equation, but it's, I don't think people understand that there's, a lot of times people on the, the receiving end are like, what? Do they not know that I'm, right. you know, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't eat sugar and they sent me chocolate? Or, See, yep, be careful with that. And, and I think the term that comes to mind is you accessorize around the food, you know, uh, create, you know, give them that artifact, if you will. So we're running out of time. And I, uh, what, you know, you want to share anything with this before we, first of all, I'm going to tell everybody, you got to get the book. It's important. We all give gifts. Either we give them to the people that we work with, even the people that we love and care about. There's some great ideas in this book. It's called Giftology, the art of science of using gifts to cut through the noise, drive referrals, and strengthen retention. And that sounds like a business topic, but it's also very applicable to the personal life as well. Any last-minute uh, things you want to share? Yeah, well, I, I think that uh, for us, the book is not just a book. It's a passion project. It's, it's kind of our playbook. It's our beliefs. And, and at the end of the day, you know, whether somebody comes back to us and wants us to, to do their gifting for them, I want people to be inspired to go be more, you know, show more gratitude and show more appreciation. I think that most people would agree that most people walk around feeling underappreciated, not most people don't walk around saying, man, I just, I wish people would stop appreciating me. I just feel overappreciated. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's just, I mean, whether you're a CEO, like you're not being appreciated by maybe your, you know, the people that work for you or with you, or that maybe you're not being appreciated at home or your kids aren't appreciating you. So um, we're, we believe in the concept enough that we're literally willing to pay somebody to read the book. So if somebody goes and buys the book, um, our offers is within three months, they can prove that they read the book, either write a review, send us a picture of them reading the book, whatever. We'll literally give them, um, if they buy the, the Kindle at four ninety nine, we'll give them $5 back. They just got to prove they got to email us, prove that they read the book. We'll give them their money back, whether they loved it or hated it. And if they hated it, we value people's time. Like I, early in my business career, I would give a gift. If, some, if a CEO sat down with me for 30 minutes, I'd send them a $200 gift and say, your time is worth $1,000. I acknowledge that. Here's the gift. We don't have to ever do business. I just appreciate your time. And so if it was a waste of time, and you can honestly say, I got nothing out of this book. It was a waste of time. Email me. We'll give you your money back more than what you paid for the book, and we'll actually buy you your next book. You tell us the book that you want. We'll go on Amazon. My team will send it to you for free. That's wow. how confident that we are that, I mean, we've poured 15 years of our best stuff into this book, and we really feel like if somebody goes to buys Giftology and, and, uh, and starts to use it, whether they ever talk to us ever again, the world should be a better place as a result of people 
loving on their most important relationships on a consistent basis and putting a lot more thought into being thoughtful versus just checking a box once a year. So that's our, that's our offer. I don't know if anybody that's ever offered that before. That, that's an um, amazing offer. So, so I want to make sure I understand. I buy the book. Whether I yep. like it or not, I send you the receipt. Where do I send it? Do I uh, go to a website? Where, where should I go? Yeah, yeah. you just go to iReadGiftology at gmail.com. iReadGiftology at gmail.com. You, you email. Yep, you have to do within three. Right. Yep, they send me an email within three months, a copy of the receipt, and they just have to prove that they read the book. I, I don't want to – not refunding books that are sitting on somebody's shelf. I want to refund the book and, and basically paying them to read the book. And the hope is that they're inspired to go take action in their company, in their home, in their church, in their relationships. Um, and we'll literally pay that. We'll give them the money back that they paid. Um, and, uh, and if they hated the book, tell me why. Um, prove that you actually read the book, and we'll buy you your next book. Yeah, uh, pick just, out the book. And, wow. uh, just attach the receipt. Pretty amazing. That is a great yeah, offer, it, it, a great gift. That's our gift. I mean, we're, it, it's, I, I feel like I talked to my business partner who's the CFO, and he's like, John, we're going to go broke doing this. I said, well, we're teaching people to be radically generous with people. Um, this is our way to be radically generous with people that invest the time to uh, to read the book, and, and hopefully people are inspired to uh, to pay it forward and to, to go bless other people as a result of it. Wow, outstanding. This is why we call this Amazing Business Radio, because John Ruin has just given us an amazing offer, but at the same time, for about the last 30 minutes or so, he's given us an amazing gift of his information and knowledge that he shared with us about gifting. The book, again, it's called Giftology. Just go to Amazon, type it in, you'll find it. The author, John Rulin, he's been sharing with us, and he is an amazing dude. John, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Chef. It's been a blast. All right. And everybody, we will look for you on the next episode of Amazing Business Radio. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.